0: Hello, welcome to Toby T V. This is the Toby TV Everton Podcast. It's another edition another edition of Nedcam Podcast with Cameron from the Mighty Blues. How are you, Cameron?
1: Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. How about yourself? I'm
0: I'm better, to be honest. It's been a bit of a whirlwind over forty eight hours. Yeah. We normally um, we normally start off with the the fixture just being... and talk a bit about the fixture coming up. But to be honest, there's a massive elephant in the room and it's been <laughs> If this was a normal week, then it'd be we'd be fine talking about Tottenham, but I don't really think anyone's bothered because yeah. it's not the Premier League features now, especially Tottenham and Arsenal this week, they've not become not irrelevant, but completely overshadowed by the absolute mess that is football. Yeah. And yeah. uh well we'll get into that later, but let's just pretend that it has been a normal past few days. <laughs> and we'll we'll just touch on Tottenham so Friday night, the team, new com- the team news comes out. Was your shocks with the team news. I was shocked when I saw Iwobi and Coleman dropped it in the end. I thought Coleman came in on came coming on fresh uh, in the second half. Was all right to be honest. May have benefited us, but w- what was your, what was your thoughts when you when you first saw the lineup?
1: Um. In terms of the formation, and I sort of expected it. I knew we'd go with, yeah. with sort of a five at the back, and I don't like it, and I don't think we can play it. And I think the two mistakes on Friday night showed that the defenders that play in yeah. that five at the back aren't comfortable. Um, I was I was shocked to see a woby but I wasn't too shocked to not see Seamus Coleman only mm-hmm. on the basis of that. You know, for the last couple of years now, it's been a very similar situation with Seamus, and that's he comes in, he has two or three really, really good games, but it's not he's not taken out because he's dropped because he has another good game. He's taken out because he probably hasn't got the stamina to go yeah, again exactly. for another ninety minutes. So I wasn't massively shocked to see Seamus Coleman not in the starting eleven. Um, obviously he come off the bench and had an an impact, and he's been brilliant the last couple of games. Um, but I was just happy to see Alan back, uh, James Rodriguez in there. Um, you know, obviously, again, I'm not a big fan of the back five, but I understand Carlo Ancelotti seems to like it at the moment, maybe because of the attacking style it gives us. Obviously, uh, Jordan Pickford was back in the team as well. Um, and I thought those three players I've just mentioned, hammers Alan and well, Pickford didn't have to do much. He not playing for either goal, but Alan was was fantastic. He was the Alan yeah. before his injury. It was the Alan that we brought in in the summer who have come in and, and was absolutely everywhere. He looked like he was back to 100%. Yeah. I had a bit of a concern about Alan after he'd returned from his two or three month mm. injury because I thought he seems like he being been rushed in here a little bit. And I thought he was asked to do the quarter He role a little bit as well. Um, yeah. Whereas on Friday, he seemed like he was just in his own little role. He had Davis next to him. He had Sigurdsson and Hammers there to, to cover him going forward. So he just had to do what, what we know he can do. And he was he was brilliant. or Rodriguez, again, back to 100% was everywhere. So you're right. It, it, it's mad to talk about because I was sitting here on Monday talking about it. And you're sort of sitting there. And my emotion on Friday night was... You know that's another uh, drop two drop points there in in a race for Europe and Tottenham are the team that are in seventh. Tottenham are the team that Everton should be leapfrogging tonight. And look, listen, we the reason we didn't win that game was because of us. Tottenham had nothing. They had yeah. other than the two chances we gifted them and we gifted them to arguably the best striker on the planet. They had nothing, nothing at all. Well, so I,
0: I think they had three shots on target, uh, didn't they? two of them were left, completely unmarked t- in the box, and they were exactly
1: two goals. In the, in the six yard box are leaving yeah. you know the most clinical striker in the premier league with that yeah. much room um so on friday night i was sort of thinking we've had the chance to leapfrog tottenham here uh we could you know we, we could have been in the driver's seat to miss the opportunity and then all of a sudden on sunday night i'm thinking well, are we going to play in the champions league next yeah. season Did the tottenham game really matter that much does the arsenal game on, on friday really matter that much so you're right it's all been a bit of a whirlwind and i feel like i've Woken up today and check social media and just being like, Did anything of the did, was I just dreaming then for the past 48 hours? Did any of that actually happen? Because it's gone from one scene to another scene, and yeah. now it's sort of everyone being like, Yeah, everything's sound again back to normal. Well, it's not back to normal, is it? And I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute, but no, in, in terms of the game, yeah, I, I was shocked to see a not be in the right wing back position because it's not as natural position, but then mm-hmm. again, what is? Um, but I Bench. just think, yeah, yeah, that maybe it's right wing back for somebody else, not not for Everton, but yeah. It was frustrating maybe because it's another game where we're ultimately we've thrown it through our own mistakes and, and also through missed opportunities that Josh King with Charleston in the second half, Hammers had one in the first half if you want to be particular. um, So it was it was a better performance, that's one thing I would say. We're going to take the positives. We were a lot better than we were against Brighton. We actually stepped up, we pressed them, we put yeah. them on the toes a little bit.
0: Well, we came out looking sharp, didn't we? We were running round, and all the players were definitely up for it. I think the only player... Would... The only player I was let down with really was a uh, was he I just I just don't understand. <clears> how. <throat> I mean, Col- Seamus Coleman is our best winger. Let's be honest. Yeah. And he's a thirty-three-year-old right back because I just saw this. He, he came on after a minute and he sh- completely showed he up. He put the ball into his feet, got it out of his feet, yeah. Sprinted down the wing, put a ball in the box. You give it to Iwobi, He takes three touches before he just decides where he wants to go. Yeah. He's 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 fast. He's too slow and he's. I think his decision making shocking. So, yeah, I don't know whether he's one we'll be looking to get out the club in this in the, this summer or the next summer or January transfer window. But yeah, I, I suppose that's I thought I suppose Seamus Coleman coming on highlighting how much we need a, a right winger. You know,
1: yeah,
0: coming on and showing no we'll be up in one and a half minute and showing he's our best winger that we've got. Is it's not a dig on Coleman because we love Seamus Coleman, but he should not be our best winger, <laughs> should he? And yeah, you mentioned Alan there. He came out looking sharp. I was, I'm, I'm happy to have him back. To be honest, he's a, a brilliant asset. And another player who in, impressed me was was Gilfie Singleton. I would, I would, I wouldn't really expect him to start, if I'm honest, before the game. I'd, I, would, I would have liked to see to see King in there, but I wouldn't expect him to start either. Um, but I'm, I'm surprised Gilfie came on. and I thought he had his best game this season. To be honest, he, yeah. I think his second goal when he arrived in the box was a uh, was brilliant and. A player that let me down sort of was with Charleston. I think his, his, his finisher wasn't great. The, the first chance he had on goal when a, I think it was Roden stepped out of the out of the yeah. line and he got it in the channel and he just he just panics and shot too early. But listen, he needs a goal and he had a chance in the second half where he just blazed it over the crossbar and I think he, he needs to calm down. So what do you think it is with Charleston? Do you think it's a confidence thing? We've mentioned to Charlison <laughs> before, but I just think he's having a really awful season.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's it's very much about. To be honest, I think he's not had the greatest of seasons, uh, which is clearly affecting him. Look, Richarlison, I've never understood this, and it's not it's not every fan, and it's it's only a minority, but I've never yeah. understood this that Richarlison has the attitude that he doesn't care, he's not interested. Because I think that lad cares more than most, and that's why sometimes yeah. you see him frustrated, and sometimes you see him angry and punching the floor. That's why he's trying to take free kicks off people because he wants to get involved. He wants to be, you know, he, he loves putting pictures on social media after games, yeah. why the opposition fans up he loves the pigeon celebration he loves all of that and he loves helping this team um you know succeed and, and look i think that richard's at the moment is he has wanted to play as a striker for quite a long, long time. Richarlison hasn't made it quiet in, in stating that, you know, he prefers to play up front. Um, obviously, he had that partnership with Dominic Calvert-Lewin towards the back yeah. end of the last season, both scoring goals frequently. And Richarlison was, you know, you could argue, our most important player in those last nine games because he was constantly popping up scoring. I think what's happened with Richarlison is when he's played at up front when he played as a striker Um certainly in recent times it's not really been in the way that in which i think he wants i think he wants to play as a striker in a front two with dominic yeah. Calvert lewin he doesn't want to play as a striker where he's sort of there and everybody else is here and yeah. it's just getting lumped up to him and the whole responsibility is on him so i do feel for richie a bit because i think for the last few games or so it has it's been the dominic calvert lewin sort of tactic if you like and that's lumped it up to richarlison and just hope that he can hold it up and do something with it and Charleston hasn't got the aerial presence that Dominic Calvert-Lewin has. He doesn't yeah. win as many aerial duels as Dom does. So I do, I get it and I understand that. And I think I think he worked hard on Friday, I do. I think mean, he worked hard. Don't get me wrong, I think his finishing was poor. I think the, the one in the second half which could have won it was, you, you have to score them, you do. But yeah. maybe he's done a little bit of what Dom's done in recent weeks and sort of seen the lights a little bit and panicked and then back and instead of just leaning forward and, and slotting it. But I really don't think Richarlison's idea of playing up front is him being the lonely striker and yeah. everybody just sort of lumping it up to him. Um, he had an involvement in the second goal, I think Sigurdsson's goal. I think he passed it to Coleman. He won yeah. two with Coleman and then Coleman lasted in. Um, but yeah, I just don't think he's having as great as the seasons, to be honest. I don't. And I've got full faith and belief that he'll come back and next season he'll be even better. But I, I do think he wants to play as a striker, but I think he wants to play as a striker with Dom, where they're both playing off each other, when they're yeah. playing well, rather than just him up front on his own and everybody sort of lashing it up to him. But look, you, you can't excuse missed chances, and he hasn't been on great form, and, and he, needs he needs to improve, and his finishing needs to improve, and we all know that. Um, but this is a lad who, let's not forget, for the last two seasons prior to Carlo Ancelotti, he was probably the only the half-decent seventh player. He was the player that kept yeah. us in leagues, kept us, even though we didn't perform well, and we finished 12th, and we finished Ninth or whatever we did in Marco Silva's first season, a lot of that was down to his goals. I think he's in the top five highest goal scoring Brazilians in the Premier League already. He's done the majority of that forever, not just as goals in terms of the goals he scored, but Think of the goals he scored. I remember Crystal Palace at home. He scored the winner against them. Mm. Now, we might not remember that game because it's Crystal Palace at home, but if it wasn't for him running the whole length of the pitch and burying it, which was a brilliant goal, solo goal, we wouldn't have won that game. Mm. I remember he took it round Duffy against Brighton. He won that game for us. The derby this year. You know, I know Guilfrey Sigurdsson went on to score the pen, but he set the stall out early with a brilliant finish. Um, so I think the goals Richie scored this season have been important, but ultimately... He does fall into that bracket with Dom a little bit as that his finishing needs to improve, but he hasn't had a great season and I ma- imagine Richarlison would have had a season like last season, this season. You yeah, know, who knows where it would be.
0: Well it'd be a lot of be- a lot better because we're getting a few more goals from midfield, not nowhere near enough. Yeah. Um, I mean you mentioned he's frustrated, isn't he, Richardson? He wants to- he wants to be in that Brazilian national team and you mentioned him playing a <clears> split striker <throat> and he 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 did that well last season, but I think playing as a lone striker sort of I know we had Hammers <clears> playing <throat> off him. On on Friday, but playing as a lone striker, we saw him. You know, we'd have the ball out on the on the wing with Gilfy and Luke Dean. Yeah. I'd be coming, he'd be coming, trying to pick it up off them, and it's not where he should be. So I can see the split striker yeah. thing, and I don't know exactly what you mean. But yeah, I suppose we played well. We we did look sharp. We we were, you know, we were getting four we were creating chances. But I suppose, like you said, we let ourselves down again with we poor defending. I mean, the the second goal especially was just the first goal. I didn't quite know why. I still don't on my Holly. It was on the floor. I'm guessing he just anticipated it wrong, but the second goal was just, it was Sunday league defending, wasn't it? I'm, I still can't get me right yeah. around it. But yeah, yeah. it was a, its a fair point, I suppose. I, th- I think if, we, if we'd have got three points at Brighton and three points against Palace, then we'd have took a point on Friday. But I think the fact that we've took now three points out of nine games, that that game, we'd, well, it was two points out of six games at the time. So that game, you know, we, were, we were desperate for a win really. It's been, we've not won yeah. a game since West Brom at the start of mm-hmm. March. And it only makes us you know, it makes the Arsenal game a must win, if especially if we want Europe on on yeah. Friday. But um yeah, so moving on, it was a interesting couple of days after it, as as you said, it was a bit of a whirlwind in the past few days. So what was your first initial reaction when the proposed European Super League was announced on Sunday night, was it? Yeah, Sunday
1: night, yeah. yeah. What, what was your initial uh... reaction? It was rumored first, wasn't it? And as soon as it was rumored, there's all of these words, one word that we can use to describe our, <clears throat> you know, initial thoughts and feelings. We can say disgusted. The fans of those clubs might say embarrassed, ashamed. We can say annoyed, upset, frustrated. But there's one word I think that sticks out more than other. That is more damning than any of the other words as well. And that's it's not a word, but it's a phrase. Not surprised. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised whatsoever. And I've said this for a while when when the Premier League and uefa and all of these organizations have allowed these multi-billionaires to come in and take over football clubs with no knowledge of football whatsoever no care in the world for the sport the legacy of the sport the founding mm-hmm. members of the sport even the rules Valentino Perez is talking about shortening games and no one under 24 likes football what are all the nonsense that is when you allow these people to come yeah. in and just take over football clubs what do you expect to happen and I seriously think. But as much as we were on UEFA side and FIFA side and the Premier League side over the last 48 hours or so, and we all were, they can't escape blame. They simply cannot escape blame. The yeah. reason as to why these billionaires have had the bottle to do what they've done is because those organisations have allowed them to come in. I mean, I read a tweet yesterday. um, <clears throat> I think it was from uh, Sky Sports and it was somebody talking and they said they know of a chairman or a a high executive in one of those six clubs who when he first went to watch that club he asked who was sitting next to him who were we what what, what colour do we playing? Now, I said on our live scene yesterday, I don't know if you've seen, I said, I reckon I'm, I'm just an Everton fan. i I live 10 minutes down the road from Goodison, watched Everton all my life. I do business admin for the job. I don't do this sort of stuff for the job. But I reckon you could put me in front of any human being on this planet and it'd take me less than five minutes to figure out if they understand football or not, if they actually know mm. what football is about, what it means to fans, what it means to clubs to have won all of these trophies and being this successful it doesn't take uh you know a rocket scientists to sit down with someone and go you actually haven't got a clue you haven't got the best interest of this sport in hand and if the premier league would have done that 10 15 20 years ago then these people wouldn't have been allowed to come in and take over these football clubs but they didn't they just went oh my god it's, it's all about money they're going to bring loads of money and money, yeah. loads of money blah 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 certain television broadcasters are the same if they would have come out and stopped naming it the big six and the super six and all that that name has come from people like sky and bt and all of them yeah. who have named them that for years and years and years it's not come from them clubs all of them chairman and have done has gone well, that's what we get called by these people. So we'll just adopt mm. that name. Stop calling them the big six. They're not the big six. They're not the best six for the start because Arsenal haven't been a decent mm. footy team for about a decade. Leicester and West Ham are in the best six at the moment. And in terms of the big six, a Manchester City, a big six club in terms of English football history. Spurs. No, they're not. Spurs have Spurs. never won a
0: league title.
1: <laughs> Sp- exactly. Spurs aren't. Certainly not in terms of European Cup history. Exactly. Arsenal. I've, yeah, Arsenal, OK, finished in, in the Champions League for loads of years on the bounce, but they finished fourth, didn't win it, didn't win the league yeah. to get in the Champions League. They haven't had any real success. I know they've won a few FA Cups, but they haven't had any real European success. Certainly not in my lifetime. So no nobody escapes blaming this situation. The Premier League, UEFA, FIFA, all of them media companies, they all have to accept that. Do you know what? We OK, we might not have had a part to play in this European Super League, but we've we've had the matches that have lit the fire that have that have caused this um and I, I hope to god that when i watch these media broadcasters and all of that we don't get the big six or the super six anymore they're just called clubs like everybody else is a yeah. club and they are spoken about the same if not even worse now what they've done as the rest of um, as the rest of the clubs in the premier league and they should be they should be sanctioned they should be fined, they should be punished they should be deducted points they won't be they they'll won't get, be at they'll all. get
0: welcome back with a hope, <clears throat> won't they?
1: That's it. Well, there was a rumour last night that UEFA had... Well, there we, wasn't even a rumour. There was rumours that UEFA were going to pay these clubs a lot of money to return to UEFA. Yeah. But let's just park the rumours for the moment. What we know is a mere fact is that one of the heads of UEFA, I can't remember his name, his name's Alexander Sutton, he released a statement thanking Manchester City for, for leaving the Super League. It's great to have them back. It's brilliant. It's this, it's that. We can't wait to have them back. Thank you for seeing this, that the other. Basically... Kissing ass. Let's be honest, kissing ass to Manchester City. Now, if this was about football and this was about football fans and how much football means to us, because let's be honest, that's what UEFA's statement was. They come out on Monday morning and said uh, it's a spit in the face of all football lovers. The Premier League said, "Oh, this is it's all about football and think about the football pyramid and the, and the football league and all of these clubs." If that was genuinely their reason for being frustrated and annoyed, go out and find those clubs. But it wasn't. Ned. All as it was is for money, math. All as it mm. was, they were worried about how much money they are going to lose. And that's the reason why they're getting welcomed back with open arms. That's the reason why they're still allowed to compete in the UEFA Champions League semi-final. How silly is that? How silly is it that UEFA are letting four mm. clubs or three clubs who turned around and said, we don't want anything to do with you anymore and signed a 147-page document agreeing to that? How silly is it that UEFA have gone, might have changed the mind now, so yeah, we'll let you come back in and, and we'll, Why not take it if it was about football and about how they've tried to ruin football, take your stance and say, No, you're not competing. We get that you've apologised and you want to come back in. Sad, but you're getting punished, you're not competing. There's up them points in the league. But it's not about it was never about that for those organizations. It was about that for us fans. We never wanted to say it because we care about football. We care about grassroots and legacy and where football's yeah. been. But it wasn't that for the Premier League, it wasn't that for UEFA. They said that in their statements, but that was just a big facade to get on the side of the fans. They may as well have come out and gone, listen, we're going to lose a crap load of money if these leave here, so we need them to not leave because it's not about football or the legacy. It's about the fact that they were going to lose a lot of money. Um, obviously, it's all felt a crap now as well, so it's been, it has been yeah. a whirlwind. It's been a bit mad, but yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know, mate. Well, I'm just proud as an Everton fan to be one of them clubs that stood up against it, to be honest. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, I mean, the statement they came out and made yesterday was a very proud moment I know, every, they said what yeah. everyone was thinking and they said it first but I mean if you look at the teams that were in it initially <laughs> look at the debt some of those clubs yeah. are in and you look at the teams yeah. currently while we're filming this there's three teams left as far as I know there's, there's Juventus Barcelona there's Real Madrid And look at the debt <laughs> they're in I mean people were getting arrested yeah. at Barcelona Barcelona football club last year weren't they or a few months ago for, for tax yeah. not paying taxes it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a joke but if you look at the outcome of it now right They've basically got what they want. A reformed UEFA Champions League, which means they'd get the more chance of them pretty much guaranteed places. As Yeah. Look, if you look at Meamed and Barcelona, they've been in it since the ninth season, they've not missed a year, have they? So they are guaranteed anyway. And you get more money, so they've got what they want. But how can you let these these club owners back into the domestic leagues when they've there's obviously a clear split now between the, the clubs in, in those leagues and I mean, they basically came out, didn't they, and said, "Oh, money's more important than the fans." That's what they basically said, yeah. haven't they? It's borderline <laughs> yeah. psychop- uh, psychopathic, sociopathic, isn't it? Because they've got no remorse yeah. for anyone but their own back pocket. I yeah, mean, absolutely. the, 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 the nice the nice thing was to see so many clubs come together and fans come to th- come together, especially even the, the fans yeah. of those clubs that were p- proposed to, be, to join the Super League. And you know, players and managers that I've, I've stood up against it. The captains of the Premier League. John Anderson making a statement was it uh, was nice to see, and even even politi- even MPs and the PM himself, yeah. Mr. Boris Johnson, you know, seeing seeing MPs come together and uh, make a stand against it. I suppose the thing with Boris Johnson was though, you know, we wanted to be the obviously they've yeah. been a
1: get involved.
0: Well, they're not they're not the favourite government, are they? I know they've not, uh, yeah. not had a great couple of years. <laughs> um, so coming in and if if they could have got us fans, you know, behind. <laughs> You know, imagine if yeah. Boris Johnson was the hero, the man who saved football. <laughs> that would have been a something for him. But uh,
1: instead, it's Gary
0: Neville. <laughs> exactly, Gar- I mean, Gary spoke all <laughs> on a, on Monday Night Football. He absolutely hit yeah. the nail on the head, didn't he? And I think the the thing of a Klopp's interview as well. You know, it. I felt a bit sorry for him because I mean, I'm not saying I, I'm not really a fan of Klopp, but after all, that, everything that happened in the media and before even the clubs really said anything themselves, then they made a statement. I mean, Liverpool released a statement that was fronted by United, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. So when everything was left to Klopp and fronted to Klopp on national television, I did feel a bit sorry for him. I know, obviously, he's got to be careful what he says because it's yeah. you know, his job's on the line, but I mean, he, he sort of targeted Gary Neville and took it out on him, didn't he? And Gary Neville responded perfectly, yeah. but... Listen, I it's, think what
1: it is... I think what it is, is nobody wanted the European Super League. Nobody wanted the Super League. The Premier League didn't want it. UEFA didn't want it. We didn't want it as fans. And (laughs) and luckily, you're right. The fans of Liverpool coming out and putting banners all over Anfield was great to see. I don't like Liverpool. I I, I really, really don't like them. Obviously, I'm an Everton fan. But it was was great to see them with the banners and and spreading their disgust. Chelsea fans yesterday, that sign saying, we want our Stoke away. That was great to see. United fans coming out. Arsenal fans doing the same thing. But The reality of this situation is mate, is that nobody wanted this European Super League UEFA, FIFA, us as fans, the Premier League, uh, pundits, players, managers, etc. Nobody wanted it, but it was for different reasons as to why people didn't want it. We didn't want it as fans because it was going to destroy football. I believe Gary Neville didn't want it because it was going to destroy football because now he's coming out and saying, I don't care about the fact that it's not happening, punish those clubs, punish those teams, punish them, deduct them points, relegate them, make them start again, punish them um obviously the Chelsea fans all of us as fans didn't want it because it was going to destroy football why didn't the Premier League want it why didn't UEFA want it why didn't FIFA want it was it for the same reasons I personally my personal opinion I can only speak for myself I don't think so I think they didn't want it because it was going to lose them an awful lot of money because ultimately the money in football has ruined football over the last 20 years it's a representation of the society that we live in and it's ruined football whether the Super League happened or not this was just the you know the um the fire that was lit by all of the flames of the past 20 years of the money brought into football that, that's ruined it. it. It's a ruined sport, mate. Players getting paid silly money, um, ticket prices, clubs starting up put ticket prices up to ridiculous amounts of money, going into a grand and getting a free course meal. What's that, mate? I don't go to mm. Goodison expecting a free course meal. If I get a lukewarm sausage roll, I'm happy. And if I get a pint that tastes like yeah. pig, I'm relatively happy. I just want to go and watch Everton. It's not a Booshy thing To go to a football match It's not It's not a corporate thing And you know And again I, I get That these owners Of these clubs Want to make it More like the Super Bowl They want to make it I went to um, A few years back It was in 2014 I think I went over to New York With my mum and dad And one of the things We wanted to do While we were in New York Was watch A New York Yankees game Watch the baseball Now I've got no in baseball It's boring um, But we were there For an hour and a half Two hours Whatever it was And I must have watched 20 minutes of baseball because there was people running on and avatars and these beer companies people running on and avatars and telecom the stadium there was a pizza hut in the state there were genuinely people sat in a restaurant and in a pub in that in that ground or in that stadium whatever you want to call it watching the game on the telly when the game was being played outside and you would and it wasn't like you walked outside and it was a hundred thousand seat a pack you couldn't move so those people couldn't get a seat there were seats everywhere mm. and i genuinely remember thinking it's just commercialised. And look, that works for the American market. I'm not having a goal at baseball. Or I'm not having a go at the American market. That works for them, and that's what they want, Then that's fine. Yeah. But that isn't football, and that isn't football it's in this time, country, yeah. and nobody wants that. Nobody wants to go into Goodison Park. Same with... I mean, I'm saying this on behalf of Everton as well. I don't know if anybody from Everton will listen to this, but I'm saying this on behalf of Everton. I'm, not, I'm Obviously, I know Bramley Moore will have commercialised suites, and there'll be suites where you get a free course meal, blah, 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 blah. But I don't want to be walking into Bramley Moore and being offered you know, a, a pizza and chip meal. I don't want to be walking into Bramley Moor. and am feeling like I'm just a customer here. I'm just number one, two, four, six, five, two, whatever. I want to be going into Bramley Moor feeling like I feel when I go into Goodison Park. I'm a fan. I'm here to support my football club. I'm here to make a noise and to get those players on side and to, for, for winning reasons to go out and support my club, whether they win, they draw or they lose. I don't want to go in and feel like this feels like I've gone to watch Little Mix at the Echo Arena or something. It's just yeah. all commercialised. And unfortunately, mate, that's what football is going towards. There's there's no surprise. Like I said, it wasn't surprising when I saw that these owners wanted to take football and go and do it else. No, no surprise that Florentino Perez wants to make football matches shorter. It was no surprise, and I know they brought in that water break during the lockdown for every 20 minutes they'll get a water break. They brought that in and he blagged so players can get a drink or so managers can have tactics. If players had gone, Yeah, you know what? I like those breaks, they're, they're, they're decent. Then we get a chance to have a drink, we get a chance to talk to the manager. By this, season, if that would have gone through in it last season, by now those breaks would have been advertised. There'd have been an advertisement every time the game stopped. This, this break is sponsored by don't know, something. televisions. This break is sponsored by this coffee shop. Corners would be sponsored. This corner is sponsored by it. That's the way football is going, and that's what these have tried to do ultimately. They've gone, we'll take this away from the fans and we'll just commercialise it and make it one big entertainment platform. I mean, no competition, no relegation, no fighting for anything. Are we trying to make this the WWE or something and just take the sport in in factor and just go, right, we'll just make it dead fake, but we'll make it dead entertaining? That's not fuzzy, mate. That's not foot, That's mm. not the footy I love. That's not the footy I want to watch. And I, I'm so proud to be an Evertonian. I'm so proud that our football club, not only... on oh, Marcel Brands has extended this contract, has just come through then. Uh, that's something we can talk about in a minute. Yeah, I'm I'm so proud to be an Everton fan and, and to be one of those clubs that stood up against it. Because if, it, if that was Everton who'd done that, I, I genuinely don't think I could be sitting here wearing the badge. to be honest with you, mate, because I'd be disgusted. Yeah. I'd be absolutely disgusted.
0: Well, you said you said before you, you hit the nail on the head, didn't you? With the, with the franchise thing, and they wanted to make their own franchise, and you've seen it in the Premier yeah. League already. I'm not going to mention names, but you, you know, there's clubs that will they limit the amount of season ticket holders because they want <clears throat> they want new people coming the match every week because they will yeah. go spend money in the shop. If yeah. if every season seat belongs to a season ticket holder, <clears throat> they don't go in the in the shop and buy a shirt every week, do they? Yeah. So they wanted yeah. to make their own Disneyland, basically, and. Yeah. I, I don't know how they can allow these club owners to be in these to best at least when there's an ob- obvious divide and you can't the fans the fans of their own clubs can't trust him because they, they they know that now you don't care about the fans it's all about the money so yeah
1: I mean, and, I, and look I get I get that money is is about I get that football is about yeah, money you know yeah. and I get that you know for for years uh, I've spoken on clubs that release their home kit. Um, the day of the last game of the season so that people flood in the shop and get it and, and, and there's yeah. elements of this that I don't agree with and I don't like because it's not football but I understand that that's where football is now I get That I'm not going to sit here and blag that and and start sitting here and and acting like Everton haven't got a multi-billionaire owner who's Mm. put in 500 million into this club and who's likely to put in a further however many hundred million. I'm not going to sit here and say we're dead innocents, we don't run off money, we're this, that, we're the other. Obviously we spend a lot of money, obviously we pay footballers' wages ridiculous amounts, obviously we pay stupid amounts of money for players that don't end up being any decent. I get that. In terms of the wider societal problem, Everton are probably to blame, I have as much part to blame as not those big clubs because they're on a different level, but a lot of other clubs in in the country and around the world. But it's about having the models and knowing what's right and what's wrong and what's right for football. Football is is it has gone past the point of no return. I said yesterday, there'll never not be money in football now. It'll only rise unless it's capped with the salary cap or a, weight or a wage cap or a transfer fee cap. The money will always rise. We will never get back to that point where... Footballers are purely playing for the love of the sport. They'll always be paid more money than me and you will ever think to see in our bank accounts in our lifetimes. That's just how it is. It's gone past that point where we won't, we will never go back from that now. And I get that, but that's why when Farah Machiri came out and said what he said, I felt so proud because I thought, well, he's a billionaire owner. And as much as I understand the fans of those top six clubs or big six clubs that nonsense i understand the fact the fans of those six clubs coming out and saying well you're you weren't in that position so you don't know what your owner has done and when they said that on sunday night i sat here and thought to myself no everton wouldn't do that Everton wouldn't sell us down the river Everton wouldn't do that but i all there was an, also an element to me that thought Well, we have got a billionaire owner so mm. who knows who knows if we were invited what the outcome would be who knows if if it was everton instead of Tottenham, what we'd be talking about today because it might yeah. be that, and Farah to came out and said what he said, and it made us all proud. And it was brilliant that he said it, and that shows that Everton have an owner who, yes, is going to bring in a lot of money, and, and I understand that, but also cares about the values of football and the Premier mm. League, uh, not the Premier League, and the English Football and League, and the football and pyramid, and us as fans as well. That's important. Everton have had to employ a billionaire backer. To compete with those teams in the top league, otherwise we'd be in the Championship, League One, and would be would be one of those clubs. Yeah. In order to compete and to stay alongside these clubs, we've had to do what they have had to do, but we've done it in the right way and we've done it in a moral way, whereas they haven't. And you know, again... yeah,
0: exactly. <clears throat> well, well, you mentioned punishment before, and obviously, well, y- y- letting these club owners back in the domestic leagues like punishment would be a not surprising, but but obviously a massive. Uh, Bit of a sham, to be honest. Obviously, we've seen clubs like Wigan. I mean, the EFL let an owner who clearly doesn't know how to run a football club, I wasn't fit to run a football club, take over Wigan, and they got relegated for it. Yeah, I know Wigan are a bigger club as the Big Six. Um, yeah, I mean they've won more trophies recently than Tottenham, haven't they? So, <laughs> but what what, what what do you think should happen to these Big Six clubs, these elite super clubs with superpowers?
1: You just mentioned it then, mate, Barry. You know, uh, this argument of, and uh, listen, there's two elements of this argument. Fans saying, don't punish us, it wasn't our fault. Players saying, don't punish us, it wasn't yeah. our fault. As a fan, there's an element to me that understands that. I get what they're saying. I get that fans of Liverpool Football Club have come out in their thousands, millions, whatever, same with Man United, same with Arsenal, and gone against this. They haven't wanted this, yeah. neither of the players, neither of mm-hmm. the, the the manager. I get that. And I do get that from one standpoint. But what those fans have to realise is, when it was Betty, did Betty fans want to go into uh, liquidation and not become a mm. football club anymore? No. Did Bolton fans want to be relegated and to the point mm. because of their d- dodgy ownership? No. Did Wigan fans want the same? No. Did Leeds fans years ago want that same? No. So you have to employ the same rules for one, uh, for for everyone as you do for for those clubs, and ultimately. Exactly. The EFL and the Football League were very, 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 I remember the Bolton situation, I remember the Wigan situation, it was only a couple of years ago, they were very, very quick to say, no, you, you you can't feel the team, you're getting the doctor points, that's it, it wasn't a discussion, it wasn't a, shall we do it, shall we not do it, it was a cutthroat, no, it's getting done, that's the end of it, and as much as we all might have said, well, oh, that's a bit harsh on them, that's not their fault, we all also sort of thought that's in the rules, and that's the cutthroat rules, that's what it is, they've been fined, they've been deducted points, they've been relegated, whatever, you have to employ the same rule with these clubs just because it's Liverpool, it's Manchester United, it's Arsenal, it's Chelsea doesn't mean that they haven't broken the same rules, It's probably worse rules than those previous clubs did, that were deducted 15, 20 points that were banned from leagues, that were Relegated automatically, that were ripped to bits, and even in the extreme circumstance of very that were completely destroyed and are no longer a football club. You, the rule nine, I think it is in the Premier League, is that no club without Premier League, um, without Premier League approval can go in and play in any other league that's not the Champions League, Europa League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, or the leagues relegated prior to the Premier League they've very, very clearly broken that rule. And they haven't just broken that rule of stuck two fingers up to you and gone, nah, I'm going to go and play in this. Yes, yeah. they regret it. Yes, they regret it, of course they do, because of the, the outrage by fans, because of the fact that... And let's be honest with ourselves, um, Matt, Roman Abramovich come out yesterday and said that I, we regret this decision, we're going to leave it. Manchester City did it. Do they regret the decision because fans have come out and, and spoke their, their minds and, and gathered and protest, etc.? Yes. But are they thinking... Oh, the fans don't like this here. Now, what they're thinking is, our customers don't like this. And if we go right. ahead with this, we're going to lose a lot of customers. And therefore, we're Definitely. going to lose a lot of money. So it's not in our interest. Because that's all we are, mate. Well, I feel like a fan of Everton because of the way Everton have come out and read the statements and the way Fardam talks talked. But if I'm a Chelsea fan now, if I'm a Liverpool fan, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I just feel like a customer. And that's the reason as to why... Look, Arsenal, I think, were the only club that come out and said the word apologize. Now... <clears throat> Just because they've apologized doesn't make it okay but they were the only club within their statement that said we apologize to the fans every other club was just a generic statement we thank our stakeholders and we move on it's it's a nonsense and in terms of punishment like i said just to get back onto the point they they have to be given a worse punishment than those clubs previous mentioned because they've been signed go off and make another league those clubs are punished because of bad ownership and bad ownership that led them into a situation where they couldn't feel the team or they couldn't play a game these clubs should be punished for bad ownership on a much more severe level because those owners have tried to turn their back on the entire football pyramid and go away and make their own league if they don't get punished which i'm not i'm I'm not going to lie to you mate i don't think they will be punished i really really don't think they will be punished and there's a reason for that is because you punish man united and liverpool and you relegate man united and liverpool into the national league and say build your way back up then ultimately the Premier League loses a lot of eyes. The Premier League loses a lot of money. The Premier League loses a lot of customers. Yeah. We're not stupid here. Stop stop making out like we're stupid. Stop coming out and saying it's about football. It's about the football pyramid. It's about that. It's not. It's about yeah. money and how much money they'll lose in their pocket. Don't just come out and be honest and say, look, we're not going to deduct points on any of the teams because if we do, this big six, as much as it's a nonsense and half of the teams in there aren't even a big big teams in terms of historical uh, trophies, one certainly not in Europe, but the reality is if we deduct points from these if we relegate them if we if we um you know punish them then they'll probably get the ick and we'll lose a lot of money because if they're not playing in the premier league we don't get as many customers and and, and that's the be-all and end-all so should they be punished absolutely absolutely and if they're not punished then again I, I i give up with football every week to be honest i give up with football when everton drop points like we did the other day but i really truly do give up with football if yeah. If, um, if these clubs aren't punished because it, it's blatantly there that it's one rule for one and one rule for another. Did they care about Berry? No, because Berry don't bring in millions million, and millions of pounds every year. It's didn't with Bolton, Willie with Manchester United and Liverpool? Yeah, have a pair of balls, go a pair of balls and go and give them a punishment mm. that they deserve and then we can all sit back and go, do you know what? Fair play to the Premier League. But And then if, if the Premier League do that, I'll come on here next week, Matt. Or the week after, and I'll say they care about football. If UEFA would have come out, and if they still got time to come out and say, do you know what? No, PSG are the champions of the Champions League. You lot can't play in it next season, and we'll talk about the season after. Where if we if we think you deserve it, then I'll say, do you know what? UEFA care about football. But until they do that, which they won't, UEFA will let them Champions League semi-finals go ahead. Why? Because it'll make them a load of money, and then the final will make them a load of money, and the Premier League will let these teams come back in. I mean, it was on Sky Sports yesterday when when Chelsea were playing. Um, I can't remember whether it was Alan Smith or somebody, somebody that was against the Super League and, and come out and openly admitted to be against the Super League. Um, just before the Chelsea game, said because obviously it was leaked that Chelsea were going to leave. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, it's all back on now. Um, you know Chelsea have finally got something to fight for. They've got to fight for top four. These players have got the the um you know they've got the the fight for top four back on. And I was like. Well, why? Why should they have a mm. fight for top four? All, all this, the Sky Sports then have done is rub that under the carpet and gone, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter now because they're, they're out of it. So mm. the fight for top four is back on. Why should the fight for top four be back on? Why should those clubs be allowed to compete in Europe when they've just walked yeah. away from UEFA? Grow a pair. Premier League and UEFA and FIFA grow up here and punish these clubs. And I get that. It's not fair on the players and the fans. And I get it. If it was Everton, I'd probably be sitting here saying, it's not that fair on us, is it? Because we've not done anything as a fan base. But it doesn't matter. It wasn't fair on Bury fans. It wasn't fair on Bolton fans. Punish the clubs.
0: Yeah, well, listen, we're getting we're getting new information all the time now. We're still sort of in the middle of it. I mean, I, can't, I won't be surprised if we don't punish them anyway. But, listen, yeah. the, at the end of the day, the owners have got exactly what they want. They've got a new... Um, reformed UEFA for Champions League which is looking like the likely outcome and might be the probably the best possible outcome if you look back on Monday what we're all thinking but like I said yeah. it's not exactly what we want it's not great for us but I suppose it could be a lot worse but moving on in terms of information we've had some new information breaking just as we're recording this What's uh, what's been going down in Everton?
1: So um, yeah, Everton have just clicked on my phone then to see if anyone's anything's happening. And the Everton have said that Everton have extended the contract of Marcel Brands, the club's director of football. So I haven't read the full story, but uh, that's the latest. Again, not not no surprise on the Marcel Brands yeah. uh, front. He's a member of the board. Um, I think the reason as to why it's only just being announced is because they probably weren't really worried about it or weren't really thinking about it. In fact, it's probably at the bottom of the pile because they thought, yeah, he'll just get the paper out and sign it. Um, there's a lot of worry. I don't know why, but there seems to be a lot of worry within fans as to whether or not he's signed. Why hasn't he signed yet or not? Yeah. Probably because the club are thinking transfers, the league, European football, mm. all of that will be above the, the, the uh, evidentiality. If that's the word, the evidentiality mm. that Marcel Brand signs his, his new contact. And he and has he done today. Um, And yeah, now now we kickstart and we go, go again in the summer with, with him and, and Carlo Ancelotti. Well, yeah, I
0: suppose... I know there's been not, not not a split, but I know some fans aren't too happy with it. I mean, the, the, I mean the first couple, few years he's been here, now his his job's really been, you know, to trim the trim the team down and get some of the players out the door. Which obviously January did a good job of that. So whether you're happy with that or not, but I mean the players he's he's brought in so far, some have worked, some some haven't. I mean a lot of the players, especially some of our best players, have been down to the manager. Really look at Richarlison with Michael Silva and players like Hammers and Allen, and then players he has brought in, like Gomez, and obviously Wolby, we had a plan for Wolby, hasn't worked out, whether it was a last-minute panic thing, same with King, really, whether that was a last-minute panic thing and we needed a striker. And then players like Gomez, Gomez hasn't worked out, And but listen, at the time, we wanted him, really, didn't we? So it yeah. was a three-year three deal, yeah? Yeah. We signed a three-year deal, and basically we're halfway through. He's got plays out the door, and now it's time to get players in, I suppose, so... For me, it's, it's got to be looking at those plays like we some of the players we missed out, and this summer there's players out there like Leon Bailey and you know Baku or even Max There's The players that he's got to go. I mean, he did a good job with Godfrey, a young, hungry player. So I'm split on the decision. I'm not too sure, but I'd, obviously, as you said, we'll have to wait until see. Wait until the summer. So, uh, what do you expect from Marcel Brands? Are you are you happy with, it, with the with a deal?
1: Um, yeah, I think I am to be honest. Obviously. Another three year contact, he's three years in, so he's halfway through effectively, as you said. Um, I think a lot of his time at Everton so far has been certainly since Carlo Ancelotti has come in has been trying to tim this squad. I mean Marcel Brand's has already timed the squad quite drastically since he's come in. I think it went yeah. from forty odd players to maybe 30 odd play, uh 25 players, something like that. And the, the value increased So in terms of a business matter, I think the club are very clearly happy with Marcel Brands. It didn't take the club very long to appoint him to the directors, um, to the board of directors as well and to the to the board. Yeah. So it's very clear that Everton's a club are happy with Marcel Brands. And like I said, from a sheer business side of it to trim a squad of players and increase the value of that squad even when trimming it just shows that he's doing a good job in that sense. In Mm. terms of players he's brought in, look, I think he's made some mistakes. Obviously, everybody makes some mistakes. He he brought, I remember he brought in Fabian Delphine. It's difficult to talk about Fabian Delphine and Marcel Brands because we can very clearly sit here and say, yeah, he's been an awful sign and why did we bring him in? Yeah, we were happy at the time
0: though, weren't we? We thought, (laughs) nine million, he's he's good for the dressing room, good character. He's just turned out to be not a... Not very great signing I he.
1: But same with that's Gomez, it.
0: Gomez had a first great season on loan and then we signed and we were all happy with it. We said go and get him, don't let him go to Tottenham and just not worked out. That's it and, I, and yeah
1: that's I, exactly you know, what I was going to say in terms of Delph. I think, like you said, I remember when Delph was announced and I sort of thought, yeah, get him. One Premier, mm. Premier League, yeah, got that leadership. I think Documentary had just come out so you could see that he was quite a, a, a strong member, or at least a P- a yeah, strong member of that character. Manchester City team, big character. And I was thinking, nine million pounds, he might just bring that leadership. We all knew he wasn't the greatest footballer, but he might just bring that leadership, maybe a, Phil Neverlesk leadership that we need into this squad, and he hasn't. He spent 99% of his time on the injury bed, the other rest of it he spent arguing with fans, and he's been a a shocking signing. But we weren't sitting there when we haven't signed Fabian Delph saying that's a shocking signing that I can't believe I've done that. We were sitting here saying eight million, not too much. Hopefully, you're bringing the leadership, might be a decent player. And the award we won again. I think it's more of a sign and where there was more scratch there when it happened. And, and look, Awobi be hasn't been a success at the club so far. And I, I agree with with you. I think there's, there was a plan for Alex Iwobi, um and it just hasn't worked out. I think maybe the club put a bit too much trust in Alex Awobi and, and what he could potentially achieve. And look, he's still young and who knows, if he stays on at the club, he might he might still be able to achieve good things. Um, but there's been a lot of other players that Marcel Brands has brought in that ultimately... Um, look like top top players for the future ben goffrey being one of them ben goffrey yeah. doesn't sign without marcel brands and he's been absolutely excellent you could argue he's been our player of the season this season and um, even going through the, the the lads that are currently out on loan jared Brandtway mm, yeah. come in um the last nine games of last season was was fantastic now was on loan at blackburn had some up good times but dire bad, bad times but looks like a really really good player for the future narzing kunku come in and has been impressive when he's played albeit he hasn't played an awful lot um like you said in terms of some of the first team, as you look at all of the first team, as we signed this summer, I think the Corey was a brand signing um, mm. <clears throat> and, you know, he's had a positive impact. Alan, obviously, and Hammers were, were, were Carlo Ancelotti signings uh, in the same way as that Richardson was a, a Marcel brand signing. But Luka Dean coming through through Marcel Brands, I believe Yeri Mina was through Marcel Brands. Mm. Um, you know, uh, like you said, we brought in Andre Gomez, who, OK, hasn't worked in the long run, but had a really good season on loan. Yeah. So, put it this way, if if Everton wouldn't have signed Andre Gomez after that loan season um, and then signed another midfielder who wouldn't have worked, we'd all still be sitting here and saying, why didn't we just go and sign Andre Gomez when he was on loan? So, we did. We made that sign. And, again, I remember sitting here when we signed him for £20 million, and I was ecstatic. I was over the moon. Yeah. I thought, get him. We've got a brilliant player in. He's in on a permanent. He's committed, and he was great on loan last season. You know, has it worked out? <clears throat> no, it hasn't. But that I suppose that's all part and parcel of being a director of football. And Everton could go out tomorrow and sign Lionel Messi. And we'd all be sitting here going, oh, my God, we we'll sign Lionel mm-hmm. Messi. Lionel Messi could come in next season, score 50 goals, never win the league. Or he could do absolutely nothing, argue with fans. And we'd all be sitting here saying, why did we go out and sign Lionel Messi? But when mm-hmm. we signed then we all said, oh, my God, think of what could happen. So don't get me wrong, he's, he's brought in some bad players. And... Um, or oh, he's, he's made some bad signings for the money that we've spent yeah. it that way. Um, but even like some whiskey who hasn't worked will make a profit on whiskey. So mm-hmm. just from a sheer financial business side of it, okay, he might not work as a footballer. But if we make a profit, then, and, and just sort of scratch the name off the list, then, you know, it, it's worked in terms of bringing in a player he hasn't even really played that much and then selling him on for a profit. So I, I think I'm happy with it. Um, For me, this summer, whether Marcel Brand signed a new contract or not, whether Everton finish in Europe or not, this summer is is massive now. It really, really is. Because if yeah. we don't finish in Europe this season, next season is an absolute must. If we do finish in Europe this season, then obviously we have to improve the squad drastically because it's not good enough to play in Europe. So this summer for me will will be very, very telling with, with Brands and, and Carlo Ancelotti. We have we've got sort of the nucleus of a team. We brought in the likes of Ben Goffrey. I'd like to see a lot more Ben goffrey esque players, i.e. young players with hunger and a lot to and prove as well as a lot of quality and then we added that extra bit of quality with with hammers and, and Alan. Um so I think we need another four, five, six players of that quality. Hopefully a Max Adams, hopefully a right winger, um and hopefully a couple of more players that have got a long future ahead of them and have got something to prove and, and, and something to uh, achieve at the football club. But look, I, I I personally think it's good news. I get why some people wouldn't think it's good news and I get why some of people have their reservations but as you said before, stability wise, it's, it's yeah. you know, if we'd have, if Marcel Brands would walked the, at the end of the season and we'd have had to sign another director of football, it effectively it would be the same, wouldn't be the same, but it'd be a very similar scenario as if Carlo Ancelotti was sat now. We'd go right back to a five year plan and we'd be at year one. It'd be a little bit different because we'd still have the manager and the players, but effectively that last three years will have just been swiped and we'd go back to day one. And who knows, yeah. Marcel Brands and Carlo might have talked about the players they want and said, yeah, we'll bring in Max Allen's. we'll bring in this player, we'll bring in that player. Whereas a new director of football might have come in and went, no, I want to go and sign. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Cristiano Ronaldo's cousin or yeah. something, because he's just Cristiano Ronaldo's cousin. Um, so, yeah, adding for stability, it's a good thing. I get people's reservations, I understand that. But ultimately, it's a big, big summer now for, for Marcel Brands, and he's got the contract, and he's got to go and prove it now.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You mentioned stability. Do- it is important to bring stability to the club. It's no point bringing in new staff now and changing things around. Get, you know, Give him time. He's got players out the door. Now it's time for him bringing players in. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Marcel Bryan signed a new contract. And uh, moving on to the Arsenal game this Friday. Are you feeling confident? It's a big game, I suppose. It's a super elite, super-powered <laughs> team with all the money in the world. But, um, listen, the last three games we've been... Well, last... Probably since West Brom, to be honest, we've not been the greatest team. We've had a few games let ourselves down, like no. the Palace, Brighton. We couldn't better, I mean, even Tottenham. You know, made the game to win. them, we let ourselves down with poor defending. So, it, for me, this is a must-win game, especially if we want Europe this season. Yeah. Arsenal haven't been great after, the, especially you know, the, the drop points against Fulham at home last week. So, is this a a must-win game for you? Are you feeling confident?
1: Um, I am. I am feeling confident. To be honest, purely on the basis that I think. Arsenal's players and, and maybe manager will feel a little bit betrayed by the club in terms of that what's happened the last uh, few days or so, but ultimately the frustrating thing with Everton is, and it's always the frustrating thing with Everton, it's the same every year, is that we looked at the Tottenham game, which was disappointing, and um, obviously we, we threw it ourselves, and we gifted them their goals, and, and we didn't take our chances, but then you look at that, and you think, well, if we'd have performed like that against Brighton, we'd have won that game quite comfortably, and mm. we'd have performed like that against Palace, we'd have won that game, but we didn't, we sat off, we sat back, we allowed them teams to get something out of it, and then the game that we actually stepped into, and we stepped forward, uh, and we actually pressed the team, and we got out of the team, we made two stupid mistakes, and allowed the most clinical striker in the league to, to score the goals, yeah. so, I hope Everton come out and, and adopt that same style for, for Arsenal as we did against Tottenham, where we step forward and we actually get at them, whether we will or not. As well, as we'll have to wait for Carlos' press conference tomorrow to determine who's fit and who's not fit and who's whether Calvert-Lewin's back and whether he's not. Um, but I am feeling confident, to be honest with you, mate. I, just, I, I think even taking away everything that's gone on in football recently, I don't think Arsenal are the best team by, by a country mile. I think they're quite poor. I think Lacazette might be out injured. Um You know, they've got, I think they've got a shaky defense at the best of times. So, this is a game that Everton must look to win. We have to win. If we've got any aspiration of Europe now, which again, depending on whether these clubs get sanctioned or sorry, get punished or whatever, um, let's say the likely situation is none of them get punished and it just gets swept under the carpet. I don't know whether Europe's maybe a little bit too far of a step in front. But if the belief's still there by the players, let's go out and show that belief, go out and show that fight that. Listen, Carlo is going to come out either to way tomorrow in his press conference and say, yeah, we still believe. So go and show that belief. And if you've got a genuine belief, you beat Arsenal. Because as much as they might think they're a super big massive, ultimately brilliant club, mm. they're not. They're a mid-table Premier League club at best. They're not a good club. Cl- they're not, sorry, they're a mid-table Premier League team at best. They're not a good team whatsoever. Mm. So go out and, and show that and go out and beat them. Um, because we've got more than enough quality to do so. I'm a confident. No, because we haven't won in, in three games. Um and in all three of those games, <clears throat> except Brighton where we didn't have a chance, to, certainly Palace and Tottenham, we had a lot of chances we didn't take. The Tottenham game was a lot better. You know, the goals, tickets the second goal was unbelievable. Um, but we've now got to go out and win, and win this game now. It's been too long since we've won.
0: Well, go on. To finish off then, what's your score prediction?
1: Well, oh, I hate doing these. I hate doing these. Well, didn't I, didn't I get the Tottenham game right sure, last week?
0: I'm sure you got it right. I'm sure you said 2-2. Um,
1: I'm going to go with... I'll go with 2-1 Everton tight, but enough to get us over the line, beat them and then hopefully give us that little bit of confidence and momentum for the last however many games of the season. I can't even remember how many games there is left now. It just feels very dry, doesn't it? Football, I, but, but it's, it's ironic. This time last year, not this time last year, Um, but you know, at this point in the season last year, we were all sitting there going... Oh, it's, football's been suspended for the last however many months. Is there really a point yeah. in playing these games? What watching it for anybody? It just seemed like we were going through the motions, and I do feel like the remaining however many games are going to feel like that now because of everything that's gone on. And if it does get swept under the carpet, the majority of certainly those top six and even the 14 clubs will probably be sitting there going, "Well, what's the point?" You know, if if people can just go and do what they've done and knock and get away with it, what's yeah. the point? So it's going to be very difficult for F and any team to get motivation. I think. Uh, after this, certainly players and managers, because they've been thrown under the bus as well. Uh, but hopefully, Everton have got have got that motivation. I just hope we don't be home complacent.
0: I'm, I'm gonna go with a a one 0 Everton win. Come Take on, that. I'm feeling feeling confident they're, they're not they're not defensively great, but we're not scoring a lot of goals, and they're not great at going forward either, are they? They yeah. watched them against Liverpool, and they just couldn't get the ball up the pitch. They got them out ball. So I'm gonna go with a one nil Everton. We've been we've been all right away. that Well, we've been brilliant away this season, haven't we? Really, only three three defeats. So, absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna be positive. I'm pro- probably gonna go the other way, miss off your pitch because of reverse psychology. But you know, so yeah, Either there you go. You win, yeah, exactly. It's a win win situation. So yeah, there you go. Thank you very much, Cameron, for joining me again. If you want to go check out Cameron's channel, The Mighty Blues, on YouTube. Thank you very much for watching this Toppy TV podcast or listening if you're listening on on audio. And uh, if you want more videos, exclusive videos, including live exclusive videos every day, I said before it's literally cheaper than a than a Big Mac. Then join us on Patreon at Toppy TV. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching, and see you later.